y'all know what it is. Y'all ready? Turn it up. One, two, Unscripted, unshackled, uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel and Holly, uncensored, from Hot 1015. This is Miguel and Holly Uncensored. My name is Miguel Fuller. That is Holly O'Connor. Hello. Producer Ryan, he is dealing and being a boss with promotions. Yes. We have a big event coming up tonight that he's uh, getting together. But we have associate producer Scotty the Body. Mm. Hello. He is here. Holly, why do you always do that when I say that? Because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> why, Scotty the Body? I don't know. Okay, a couple of ridiculous things. Like Scotty. you can't just. Go- I'm starting to like it. Oh, okay, Scotty the Body. Can't call him that. But also, why do you use that ridiculous voice? <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Well, I feel like I can't be like Scotty the Body. Why? You got to say Scotty the Body. No, that makes it more icky. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the voice that I don't like. I don't care what you call him. Actually, I just don't like the voice. <laughs> uh, now, Scott, you are new. Our our associate producer who is also part-time in college uh-huh. at USF. Yep. Um, do your friends listen? Yeah, I get snaps all the time now. Whenever, like, even the whole Scotty the Body thing. Oh, my gosh. Scotty the Body. <laughs> I got a snap yesterday of, like, oh, my gosh, you're being mentioned. And then it was, like, it was that part. I'm, like, oh, this is just <laughs> lovely. Has anybody called you Scotty the Body? Not yet. Not no. yet. No. Well, I think if anybody else calls me, it's going to get a little awkward at first. I just I have a pressure on myself now that I gotta like maintain mm. the body part. So. Oh yeah, the body. Huh? Yeah. Well, you're a vegetarian, so it'll be easy. <laughs> well, no, I know some vegetarians that <laughs> just because they eat plants, they don't eat plants. They eat carbs. Oh well, a lot of pasta. Yeah, so there's a difference right gotta there. Watch out, uh, Scott. You just started your uh, fall semester of your fall. senior year. Yes, yes, I did. Uh, How is it? It's good. It's I really am feeling just closing out that senior writers that I remember it back in high school where it's like I can't wait for that next step and now I'm over here in classes and some are good some are really good like I'm sp- taking Spanish one <laughs> I love it oh. Spanish one yeah yeah what's a requirement I got to take two years of it so I have to do Spanish one and two oh but you wait actually, until the very end I switched majors so many times that I switched oh. to the major that it's like this is now a requirement so I'm like okay what was your it. first major my first one was pre-med oh, oh yeah Whoa, you went down the scale real fast. <laughs> Free med. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, Holly, was your was your major always broadcasting or communications? Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. I wish I would have went that route. And when not I first came in. not at any other point was I even <laughs> under the delusion that I could do something besides talk for a living. No. No, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew it would be in communications because we went through a list of stuff that I didn't want to do, and that included, you know, science, math. People's teeth, bodies. Right. I just was like, I don't really. That doesn't sound great to me at I the time. I can't do any of it. Um, but you know, being a total attention whore and <laughs> <laughs> doing something with TV or radio, that sounded about right. Right. So that was where I kind of landed. 
I my first major at my uh, two year school, I was a journalism major. Oh, oh, see, you tried to take the dignified route. I did. I said, <laughs> I want to be a news reporter. Yeah. I want to report on the facts of what is going on and make sure we are the fourth estate and we hold those in power accountable. Mm-hmm. And how did that mm-hmm. go? Nope. No. <laughs> I like giving my opinion. Yeah. I like writing my opinion column. But when it comes to like investigative reporting, I was like, I just don't care enough. It's a lot. It's a lot. I will tell you, I did win an award for my news reporting skills oh. uh, because way back, if I can pull this out of my hat, way back in the day in Georgia for the public institutions, they were trying to do, I don't remember exactly what it was, something with the state legislator, and they were trying to pull funding from schools midway through the year. And so it would affect people's uh, tuition and like their Pell Grants and stuff because they set that for the year, yeah. not for the semester. Yeah. And so all of the student governments from all the public colleges got together and like went to the governor's mansion and had this big meeting with the governor of Georgia at the time, which I was president and I got to go. Oh, wow. But I was at a small two-year school, so we let the people that went to the University of Georgia and Georgia Tech, because those presidents were, like, real smart, and so they did the talking. We were just there for the free breakfast. Oh, of course. And they said we went to the governor's mansion. But it was, like, a really crazy, like, thing, because we were all coordinating walkouts all around Georgia for all the colleges. Dang. And so I wrote this really extensive piece explaining it, and they said, um, because then I won an award through the Georgia College Press Association, and they said that I was able to take a very complicated issue and break it down and make it easily digestible. Oh, that's always good. And I said that that's because I'm not all quite there. And so if I understand something, then I can really break uh-huh. it down and explain it to you. Well, that's what it takes because I had to do that frequently uh, when we used to work with Steve Kramer mm. because he would be he would like toss a paper at me and be like, <laughs> what does this say? So I became very proficient in scanning an entire document and then breaking it down into a very mm. short synopsis. <laughs> It's a skill. It is. It is. And and I won. And I then, just to toot my own horn a little bit more, okay. oh. because this is stuff I don't talk about. Like, you win these awards. Honga, honga. <laughs> <laughs> that's, your, that's your horn. Um, I also became the uh, president of the Georgia College Press Association oh. while I was at my two-year school. So while I was editor of my little two-year school newspaper, yeah. I was over the news reporters from, I think, the Red and Black from the University of Georgia, because that's the biggest school in Georgia, Okay, and over Georgia Tech and all those other colleges that were big and fancy, mm-hmm. and two-year school, Miguel, the editor-in-chief of the South Georgian. Mm-hmm. I was president of the Georgia College Press Association. Well, good yes. for you. Thank you. I don't remember how we got on this topic. I don't either, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about it some more. Do you want to hear about some other accolades I collected no. while I was in college? I mean, there is definitely a time no. and place, and we'll no. get to those you probably know, later. I, well, um, speaking of, I have um, this box in my garage of like all these awards that I won in college um, from being editor-in-chief and yada, yada. And I'm like... Is it appropriate to put those in my garage, like to hang them up? Because I don't want to put those in my living room because no one wants to see like a room of yeah. like, here are all these awards that I've won. Right. And I don't think I'm close to ever buying a house where I'm going to have like an office to myself. Yeah. But I don't know because they're just sitting in a box and those are awards that I worked put for. Put them in the garage. I ha- I'm going to hang them up. Yeah. I, I don't see why not. And also, I mean, if you're nervous about people judging you, who in the hell is going in your garage? No one. Yeah. So just do yourself a service. Put them up. Would you come help me, Holly? Yeah. 
Why are you breathing heavy? I don't know. It seems like it's going to be hot. <laughs> it just seems like I'm going to get sweaty. We'll wait until like a January. Oh, uh, actually, if we if we have some time, I'll do it in November. Okay. okay. I will. Because you know I like to do crafts and like right. hammering some yeah. shit up. I'm in. All right. Scott, do you want to come help? If I'm invited and I need to help, yeah. I'm always down to help. Scotty the body. Mm-hmm. Will you take your shirt off then? Why? Why? Uh, why listen, did you ask me if I was going to take my shirt off? I've seen you, Holly. We live together. I know what you look like. <laughs> wah, wah. I don't know what Scott looks like under that sweatshirt, girl. Oh, no. Yes. But anyway, back to you being a senior this year. <laughs> uh, now, are, have you been to physically any classes yet or has it all been online? No, I've been to classes. I've been in Monday and Wednesday all day. Wow. So... Now that you have sort of entered into the working world, I mean, you are working with a high-powered morning show in Market 19. Oh, yeah. That is wow, at the top of the ratings. F. Well, we were in the spring. Um, <clears throat> had a little tough summer. It's fine. Uh, we're rebounding. Um, you know, does it feel a little bit different when you're sitting in class now as opposed to last spring? Oh, yeah. I I planned my entire schedule around making sure that I would be able to have enough time to even come to the studio and sit with the show or even get those extra hours of work. So when I'm sitting in class, it's honestly all I think about. If it, if the topic is not interesting enough for me to sit and really fully take it in, all I'm thinking about is I could be over at the radio station right now mm. and thinking of ideas, and getting on air, and things like that. And that kind of drives me nuts because I have to stop myself midway through and be like, all right, focus on the mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. Finish this year out, and then really you could focus on the next step, which would be hopefully here. Do you think you should quit school and join the show? Uh, if it were, ah, uh, no, no, <laughs> no. My parents would. Thank you for that. I was gonna come over arms. there and punch you if you said <laughs> yes. No, no. I, I'm so close at this point, and I know it's gonna be worth it at the end. It will. It's just, yeah, it's tough when they don't teach. Like I said, you know, in times before, they don't teach specifically the things that I'm really interested in. So I'm taking classes and I have to dig things out from those classes on how it's going to help me in the future, just in thought in general. Well, you know what, honestly, and I've had a discussion with my uh, best friend Erin about this a couple times. She said, here's the difference between people who go to college and who don't go to college because a lot of times you don't learn how the, how to do your tech, unless you go to a technical school. Yeah, right. When you go to like a four-year liberal arts university, you're not really getting the specific training for your job. You're right. learning theory. You're writing papers. You're mm-hmm. doing all this shit. So really what you're getting from a four-year or even two and two, you know, university is, um, I feel like, expanding your mind, learning how to be uh, a critical thinker, mm-hmm. learning how to problem solve, right. and also expanding your worldview. That's what you're in college for. I know it sucks having to go to all these random classes and, like, one of one of my least favorite classes ever was... Um, Western Civ, uh, Western Civ 1, Western uh, Civ 2. I'm like, what uh, in God's name is this going to help me with? Right. I don't remember a single thing except one time I do remember the professor in that class said, the only reason human beings wear clothing is that so we can have a perfect um, temperature of our body as if we were in a rainforest. I don't know. Oh. That's why. What? Yeah, like we'd run that around naked we if we if we were in a perfect climate. Like it's, it's either too cold um, or whatever to be naked all the time, so huh. or too hot or too sunburny. So okay. you wear clothing to like make your body feel like you're in the rainforest. Interesting. Anyway, that's the only thing I remember from Western Civ. Like I should remember something else. But anyway, wow. I digress. You learn you learn how to be a 
more profound thinker, like a like a more uh, worldly human in college. It doesn't really matter your classes. It doesn't matter that stuff. You're getting a leg up on the other end of thinking skills, really. Mm. Does that no, make sense? I agree. No, I agree because I remember when my mom asked me that when I was a junior in college and she said, do you feel smarter? And I said, no, I don't. No. I just feel a little bit. I felt like I had... Because growing up, I always felt stupid. I didn't feel like I was smart enough. Mm. And when I was in college and I was getting grades, getting good grades and balancing working in the radio and also uh, extracurricular activities, and I could balance it all, I felt like I, I, I proved to myself that I was good enough and that I was smart enough. Right. Um, and it's so interesting we landed on this because I was telling Holly, I just found my blog that I had from back in high school, in college, and like when oh. I first graduated. Um, and so, Scott, it's interesting you talk about some of this stuff because I only I only got through a little bit of, or just a few pages because, I mean, this spans, I started it when I was a senior in high school. So in 2002, I started this blog. And, it, and I think the last update I did was in 2015 mm. when we just got the job here. And I wanted to just sort of say, like, this is where I've come, you know, in all this time. But... I want to go back and read through, especially like where you are right now. Yeah. I think it'd be really interesting as I was a senior. But I read a little bit from like my freshman year of college. And it just like my heart breaks for poor little Miguel. Mm. Because at this time in my life when I was like 17, 18, my only experience with college or what I thought was TV. Because I lived so far away from my high school and middle school that I didn't hang out with people a lot. Mm -hmm. So the only social interactions I had or that I, I thought it would be like was, you know, watching any of those TV shows back in the day, Dawson's Creek and Buffy Saved the Vampire. Saved by the so, Bell, the college years. By, well, <laughs> thankfully, I was a little more sophisticated. I knew that if they had a laugh track behind it, that it probably wasn't totally true. Well, also a dramatic music track. I mean, <laughs> which Dawson's Creek did, by the way. Yeah. No, I, so I, well. I get it, though. I get it. And so I like the first day um, as I was reading through my blog, my mom, my grandmother drove me down to my college. It was like four hours away from Atlanta, and they dropped me off. And and as I'm reading this, and I will say I'm very proud of myself for my writing skills back then because I hadn't gone into uh, college English yet where I reformed my writing a little bit. But they left, and I remember in it I describe how I kept my door open in my dorm room as I was setting it up because I was, like, waiting for people to, like, walk by and say hi because I really wanted to make some friends that I could hang out with. Yeah. And then, like, my roommate never showed up the first oh day. God. And then, like, no one ever said hi to me. And then the second day I was there, and this is so fascinating to read through this. The second day, I called it the common room because I was a Harry Potter geek back oh, then. yes. And it was just the lobby of the dorm room. <laughs> the common but room. But I called it the common room where the computers were. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, like, on the computer, like, emailing my high school friends. And I'm, like, trying to talk to people. Well, my two-year school was in rural South Georgia. Most kids from Atlanta didn't go away for two-year school. They just stayed in Atlanta. But I wanted to get away. And this was only one of two two-year schools in Georgia that had dorms with it. So most of the kids that went to this school were from the small rural Georgia. Mm. So here comes Miguel, black, gay, and I'm like, I came out <laughs> in high school. I was senior class president. I was homecoming prince. Everyone knew I was gay. Hey, y'all, I'm I Miguel. hope that you were waving your arms about in that manner that you just did here in the studio. <laughs> oh, yeah. Arms up, flapping, hands a-flapping. No, yes. I did. And 
they made fun of me. Like my as I was reading this, and you can see like the excitement go from like ten to then I realized that this isn't like Dawson's Creek. Mm-hmm. This isn't Buffy, where you go to college and and people are sitting on rolling hills and discussing, you know, uh, how your parents screwed you up and like you know what your future ambitions are. These were kids from a rural community who probably were made to go to school and they didn't want to be there. And a lot, it was like 13th year for them because they all knew each other. Um, and then it just, my heart, I became friends with some of the older RAs. And the RA on the softball floor got fired because he was drinking with the softball uh, players that he was the RA of. And so then they made me the RA as a freshman. It, it 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 was just trouble. Yeah, it they was just shouldn't trouble. have done that. By no, the way. they shouldn't have. But I mean, knowing me, I was mature then. Yeah. Um. Now looking back, I wasn't. No, but you, you weren't equipped to handle that. No, as a I wasn't. freshman yourself, how could you possibly answer questions if uh if they had them? You know what I mean? Like you weren't. Yes, you were mature, but you weren't qualified for that position. I want to Holly. I want to read you this one line from this because uh, when people ask me like why I am the way I am. Like, I've always been um, a little awkward and um, sometimes I'm trying to think of what the word I would use. Like, it's like I do and say things like I think that you should say them, but not how I feel them. Okay. Does that make sense? That seems a little bit, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Sociopathic, to be honest with you. You're using it for a good way, I guess. Wow. What if I am? I mean, I you know what? At this point, nothing would surprise me anymore. <laughs> so in my blog here, I described when I moved onto the floor with the uh, softball players. Now, mind you, I'm freshly turned 18. Oh my and all of these kids that were playing softball for the two-year school were probably like 20, 19, 20. Like they were sophomores should have gone and graduated from this two-year school, but they were still there, probably juniors and seniors. Yikes. So uh, basically, they come, they knock on my door, um, they ask who I was and why I was on their floor, um, and then one of the players asked if I smoked. I said no, and this is, I'm reading this from my blog. Another asked if I drank. Again, I said no. In a collective side, they all said, damn. I laughed and then said... (laughs) I don't want to be the bad guy here, but I'm here for a reason. So if I see you doing something like that, then I have no choice but to report you. Then they looked at me in frustration and, of course, vocalized their dams and shits. Someone reached around to their back pocket and pulled out a wad of cash as to infer that I take the money to be quiet about their illegal activities. I simply laughed and shook my head. Then then they all dispersed to their rooms. I didn't think anything of what had transpired. I thought my first meeting was a success. I guess I was wrong. Oh, my God. That was me at 18. That was me at no, 18. I'm, I'm just sighing because I have diary entries that sound very much like that. <laughs> but, like, even then, if I was, like, advising you, if I were me now and I was advising 18-year-old Miguel, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> not only do you not belong here because you don't have the skills, but you are just 
determined to be like the voice of justice. Yes. And in this case, it might not be worth it. I just, I was fighting the wrong battles yes. back then. Yeah. And it just, it totally just broke my heart to just sort of read that. So I'm yeah. going to, as we go along throughout the course of the year, I'll bring you more entries because this is just fascinating to sort of dig back into someone who was just so self-righteous Yeah, that back was, in that's the day. a good one. You were very self-righteous about a lot of stuff that you probably didn't need to be. So but that's what you learn as you grow up. I, I did. And then um, I went on after I, I guess I went through a situation where I heard that they were making fun of me because of what I said mm-hmm. and they were mimicking me that on my blog, I wrote this whole like, right now I'm feeling a sense of empowerment. You know, it doesn't matter if I have to fight this battle alone. After everything is said and done, I will have that satisfaction that I can overcome anything. This is just another chapter in my life where I'm going to trample over adversity. Fuck these country as rednecks. <laughs> I came here to get my education and a transfer to my college I want to go to. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to use every avenue possible to make sure that my stay here at South Georgia College is enjoyable and maybe teach these people about tolerance. No one. <laughs> this is really. I'm, this is so self-righteous. <laughs> this is amazing. No one. I mean, no one is going to run Miguel F. Fuller from anywhere. I've survived through hell twice. I can do it again. Hell fucking yes. That is amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just going to read that to myself anytime I need to be strong. I mean, really. Put that on the wall, please. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote oh, that at no. 18. At 18. Again, though, for, like, not the right. <laughs> I, just... I was over chugging beers yeah. when I was 18. Oh, walking around across yeah. campus in a toga. Not me. And I was no. trying to change the world. No, I was trying, I trying to change, change the world. Shit. I was trying to get the attention <laughs> yeah. of that guy that I thought was cute. And I was just, you know, trying to figure out <sighs> which party we were going to that Tuesday night. Wow. That explains oh. so much about me, though. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. That's good. So anyway, so, well, congrats <laughs> on your senior year of getting out of there. Miguel, you are, so, I just love having you in my life. <laughs> I really do. You are something else. I really want to, I really, I think what I really want to do is I want to take this blog and I want to turn it into a book. Somehow. Yeah, yes. you should. Because this is just so fascinating to see the thoughts of someone who wanted to change the world. Yeah. And I felt like I was going to take it one step at a time from South Georgia now all the way here to Tampa, Florida. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's true. I, I I, will give you that because as I was going through college, I had the overwhelming sense that I was meant for big things, mm-hmm. which sounds a little narcissistic, I guess. Mm. Um, but I just felt like I was meant for something more. Right. And I didn't know what it was. And that was the frustrating part. That was the part where I was like, I don't even know what what this is. Mm. You know, I don't even know how to take the steps that are going to get me there because I don't know what it is. I just know I am meant for bigger things. Right. And it was difficult because when you say that to people, they're like, what does that mean? First of all, what does that mean? Like, oh, you think you special. Right. I just, I didn't know what to do with that. And so maybe if I had had a better advisor who could have channeled me, I don't even know what I would do now going back, how to fix that. I, I don't think you do. I think that's part of the, the, the process. Maybe it's so. It's just figuring it out. Maybe so. I mean, because back then I knew I wanted to change the world, but I remember, you know, depending upon what classes I was taking, like radio was always there in the background. Yeah. But I remember when I got into political science and I one of my professors was a lawyer and her husband was a state rep in the Georgia House. And so I was like, maybe I want to be a politician. Maybe I want to be governor of Florida. And then literally there was about a good semester where I was like, I think I want to be president one day. Oh, that's what I literally was like. I think I want to model and go work towards that. 
And then the 2004 elections happened, and that sort of just Fahrenheit 9-11, that movie came out, and it just, everything was dashed. I was done. This is a little derailed. It did. So I was like, you know, let's just go back to radio. You know, radio's real good. President, radio, man. <laughs> when you're the president, you go don't get to pose naked on a billboard with no, a president. No, you don't. Drunk. I've so, done that before. I know. So, yeah. That's, in, that's fascinating. It really is. God, I do miss college sometimes, but now I'm finally at a point in my life where I, I don't think I'd go back. I just really have such a like a tender spot in my heart for that version of Holly right. and for those experiences. Yes, and that's why I want to go through because I can just see how even over the course of like these three months when I first got there and I was like, who am I? Like, this is not like a TV show. Like, this is reality. To me being like, well, fuck this. Yeah. And literally within the matter of three months, I was an RA. I became the editor of the newspaper and student government and all this other stuff. And I was like, I will be powerful and you will not shut me down. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of spirit that you're just born with. Yes. It is. Some people yeah. have that and some people don't. Yes. And I don't really know that you can foster it if in someone who doesn't have that. Poor little Miguel. No, not really. Not poor little Miguel because those experiences made you who you are. That is true. That is very true. I mean, you wouldn't probably be the same type of person if you hadn't had it easy. No, I wouldn't be. I, I, that, that's interesting because we've always said that about each other is that my mom was very um, hands off mm-hmm. because she was a single parent and she worked a lot. And that's just her personality. She's just sort of like, you got it. And especially with me, because I was always like, I got it. Yeah, I got it. You Whereas, were super self-sufficient and independent. Well, your mom was like, I got everything. My for you. mom literally had everything. And I mean, what do you need? I didn't even know how to order pizza for myself <laughs> when I went to college. Like, I was so stressed out. This woman did everything. <laughs> and it's so apparent now, quick side note, when she's interacting with my daughter, because the time that she spent in the hospital and in the in the assisted living, um, my daughter, and she and my daughter had had like a bond. And I mm. worried that my bond wouldn't be as strong with her as her mother mm-hmm. because theirs was so strong. Sort of a good turn of events that came from this is that my daughter and I were able to bond. And I feel like, but now she's sort of broken from my mom. Mm. But my mom tries to mother her like she mothered me. Mm. So... Holly, little Holly, was used to that, needed that probably. I don't know if it caused me to be so shy. And so I don't know if her helicoptering over me had any sort of profound effect. But she's trying to do that to Maya. Maya gets pissed. Really? Like, so my mom came down. They were getting ready for school one day. And she's like, I'm just going to brush your hair. Maya's like, no. She's like screaming. And she's like, well, let me help you zip your clothes. Let me do this. And Justin, my boyfriend Justin, was told me later, he's like, you got to tell your mom she can't. She's causing more problems trying to help. Right. Then you have to let my kid alone. Like, you can't. You can't do that. So, I mean, we grow up with the parents maybe that we actually need. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, obviously not in terms of abuse or anything like that. Right, right, right. But um, it's so fascinating because, yes, my mom was like overly motherly, like mm-hmm. super helicopter. Yours wasn't. But the two of us kind of came out similarly right. in that we both had to overcome some hardships. Yeah. So I think that makes you strive for bigger things. Oh, most definitely. Because you you know you can get over them and like you know you're going to have to like pull yourself up and just do it. Whether whether that is coming from a place of proving to yourself that you can do it. Uh, For me, a big part of it was proving to (laughs) – this is so dumb. Proving to like my high school, who clearly I felt like I was very unappreciated in mm, high school, mm-hmm. proving to those people, student teachers alike, that I'm 
better than they thought I was. Mm. Any kind of thing like that that drives you, it comes from different places for different people. Right. But since I had that bad experience of, you know, being bullied and being picked on and being like the not cool one and just all this, that puts you in a different space in your life. Mm. That's so fascinating. Mm -hmm. Scott, how are your parents with you? My, I was thinking about this the whole time because it's weird because I'm going through this exact thing that y'all talk about. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that. It's like I'm going through the exact yeah, thing. Crazy. <laughs> My parents are people that I just kind of tell what I'm doing, and they're just like, all right, cool. Go do it. Go mm. check it out. And that is kind of why I think I get myself into so many different things. Yeah. Like even with the three different major changes, everything I've gotten involved in on campus or anything I wanted to do before college, I was like, I want to do this. And I was, like, fully supported, go do it, make it happen. It's kind of on you at that point. Like, especially when I came here to Tampa and to go to USF, it was like, I want to do this. It's like, all right, cool. Like, they couldn't help me through it. It was like, all right, cool. Let's let's see what you do. Right. I want to go into radio. They didn't have – you don't really help somebody through that. You're just like, okay, cool. And now they see that I'm supplying myself with everything I need since I'm here. So – well, I've been very fortunate for they that. They have to be really excited that you're you're self-sufficient. Yeah. Oh, at this point, absolutely. I think that's the one thing. Whenever I talk to my mom, that's what she's most excited about. She's like, you're doing it. Like, I always tell her my worries and my stresses, but she just reminds me. It's like, you're actually making it happen. You're doing it. Yeah. And so she's the one person that I could always, like, always turn to when I have an idea or a new thought that I want to get myself into. It's like, okay, go ahead, do it. Yeah. It's like, oh, thank you. Jump in. I, as a parent myself, quickly, like, this is so weird because I feel, like, super old right now. <laughs> 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 but as a parent myself and trying to kind of get in the shoes of your parents or anyone's parent, I think that is the fondest wish of any parent is to see their child be self-sufficient enough to make it and be successful and be happy with what they do. Mm. You don't, I mean, doesn't matter what they, I, for me, I wouldn't care what my kid goes into as long as she's happy with it and she's able to do it on her own. Right. You know what I mean? As long as you can handle yourself. Like, it would, I would be, I would feel like I failed as a parent if my kid was, um, not lazy. I don't want to say lazy because I'm kind of lazy. <laughs> I'm still successful, but I'm lazy. Um, if I was like, you know, not making any goals for myself, not mm. making plans for, not knowing how to better my life, not progress. And, right. If I'm like stuck in a in a teenage mentality where I'm like, well, someone's gonna take care of me my whole life, uh, that would be disappointing, and right. I feel like I failed her. Mm. So like, I think parents, you know, parents who want good for their kids are most proud when their kids can do it for themselves. That totally makes sense. And you want that. You want them to be self-sufficient. Right. You don't want them to have to depend on you, you know, barring, you know, extenuating circumstances, of obviously. Course. But just in general, you want them to be able to go forth and and, and do right for themselves. Right. You know? And I, I, I'm sure any parent would want to help, you know, if your kid fell on hard times. Right. But also, I think it's not even necessarily money driven. It's just about what is your push. Can, mm. do, are you a, a mover and a shaker or are you just content to be like, well, this is the best I can do? Wow. Because there are a lot of people that are like that. I, I mean, you don't have a world full of movers and shakers or else we'd all be movers and shakers, you know. Right. There are people that just exist. Yeah. And I wonder how that affects their parents. But you maybe know? their parents were not movers and shakers. And so they just want them to sort of they just they and they don't but th maybe they don't know more because mm. when you know more you do better right like right. when you know better you do better right if your parents are not movers and shakers then chances are you might not be I feel like then there's always a circumstance though where 
you yes, some of it is nurture and you learn stuff from your home life, but some of it is also who you are as a person. Like Miguel, you your mom was hands off, but you still did it. You right. know what I mean? You weren't really pushed to do it. Right. I'm sure your mom didn't sit down and go, okay, are we going to look at your college applications? Yeah. Okay. But you had the drive in yourself to do it. So it can be broken. The cycle can be broken. Right. It's not a blanket statement. Obviously, people that come from movers and shakers are also total lazy asses that don't do anything. Mm-hmm. But I would say probably the majority, they learn it from what they see. Wow. This is so, I just love conversations like that because, you know, it's not the funniest or, you know, craziest, but it's something that sort of makes you sit back and reflect on what makes you, you, mm-hmm. and why are you, you? Yeah, I love, the, the only other thing I would have liked to have done besides this job is something in psychology. Yeah. Because I, and, and interestingly, this job handles with a little bit of psychology. Oh my gosh. People oh, that call so in. So much of it. Yeah. I'm fascinated by personality, what makes people tick. How come people do the things they do? Why does this person do it this way? Why does that person do it that way? Where does that root come from? Because nothing is ever just random. No, no. Like, if you're doing something, like, if you, I don't know, let's say you have an affair or something, and um, then you're remorseful about it, my thing is never even mind all the feelings. Where did that come from? Right. Because it's not just like, oh, well, it happened. It didn't just happen. No. You made a choice to do that. And obviously it came from something. What is the thing? And Mm. maybe that's what helps make me more empathetic as a human because I always feel like there's a reason for Mm -hmm. everything why people do it. And that's one of the reasons why I, or when I was at Morning Show Boot Camp and I was on the panel and someone asked, you know, if you don't like the person you're working with or if they're having a bad day, how do you deal with that? And I said, well, I think what would help people, and this is apply, this applies to any work situation, not just radio, you have to be empathetic. No one ever is just mad to be mad. No one ever is just nasty to be nasty. There is something that made them feel this way. And I take this thought that I've always had way back to middle school when I was a conflict manager. Oh, my God. Like, even in damn middle school. I was. Yeah, with you. <laughs> In middle school, I was just worried about what my label said on my shirt. And I didn't own any Abercrombie and Fitch clothes. Not me. I was a conflict manager Mm. at Crab Apple Middle School in Roswell, Georgia. And I remember the teacher, I think her name was Gwen Smith, Miss Smith. All right. And I remember her saying that whenever you have two people in a class and they're fighting over a chair, they're not fighting over that chair. They're fighting over who's that chair? Who are they sitting next to in there? Who are they trying to talk to? Are they trying to impress someone? Mm -hmm. Or maybe they're trying to sit away from someone because their parents couldn't afford to change their clothes or wash their clothes. There's always something behind what emotion they're feeling. And it's Mm -hmm. your job as a conflict manager to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And so that I learned in middle school and that stuck with me. And I think that's one of the main things that made me uh, empathetic person because I'm always like, well, there's something else behind that. There's, that's always my thing. I, I will do the damn research. Mm-hmm. If I'm close to you and we're friends or, you know, I, and this is even for my boyfriend, like, I, unfortunately for him, I just can't let him do what he wants to do ever because mm-hmm. I need to know why he's doing it. Oh, yeah. And uh-huh. I don't know. I think he... I think he sort of appreciates it because he likes a lot of attention too. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's like a symbiotic relationship where he likes the attention. I like to dig into why people do things. So it kind of works. But like I would do that with my friends too. I'm like, okay, why is this situation happening? Mm. I don't like this situation. Why is that 
the case. Why are these people acting this way? Why did this person say this to me? But the problem that I run into it just as an individual is that I'm also really sensitive. Mm. And so a lot of times, instead of being able to look at a situation or people that are fighting or if I'm in an argument, instead of being able to remove myself and look at it um, uh, candidly, Mm -hmm. what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, Objectively. Objectively. Mm -hmm. I immediately will get my feelings hurt or start to feel some type of way. And that's just my own thing because I'm sensitive. And that will cloud my judgment sometimes. That's, I mean, I feel like with my boyfriend, sometimes he gets annoyed because I ask so many deep questions. And I told him from the beginning is that, you know, he's a guy that doesn't, and he's told me this before. He's like, I've communicated with you more than any other human being on this entire planet. Like, I, because when he's mad, I'm like, all right, so what happened? And he, he will always do this. He'll be like, well, a customer did this and, you know, and blah, 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 blah. I said, okay, what's the blah, blah, blah? Mm. Don't ever just say blah, blah, blah to me. Because in between those blah, blah, blahs, there's so much that went down. Mm-hmm. I need to understand where your head is and what you're feeling. Right. So I can help you, hopefully, if you can't bring you out of this bad mood, at least understand what put you into it and how you can fix it. It's understanding, I think. I think that's the key because maybe I can't help and maybe I'm not going to offer anything, but I need to understand it because if I don't understand what you're going through and why, specifically why, then our relationship is going to start to break down. Um, I feel like that was one of the biggest impediments in my marriage where, you know, we were divorced is because we weren't compatible in a way that um, I'm the, uh, we already just described how we are. I'm very much like you are. So that's who I am. I'm a deep thinker. I'm a question asker. I am a get to the bottom of shit person. He's not, he, he cannot. And Mm -hmm. so when I would ask him stuff, he physically could not dig down that deep in his heart to figure out, Mm. to give me enough. So I never, I feel like we probably never felt like we were connected. Interesting. With, I I have to be, and I'm sure you have to be too. I don't know how you are on this, Scott, but I feel like for me, I have to be with someone who is willing to go there with me. Oh, yeah. Go deep. Even if I can't help you in that deep end, I need to know why you're there. Yep. Once I understand why, problems disappear. Mm -hmm. I start to be more uh, understanding. I can change my behavior a little bit to accommodate but you gotta, you gotta let me know the root of it. Yeah. And so, as my relationship progresses with Justin, because we've been together for about a year and a half ish, um, and so this is the part where you know some of the honeymoon fades away, but we're still getting to know some of the deeper parts of, our, of each other. And it's like now is the time when everything has been great, and I, but I need to get down way deep, and I need to know where are these little seeds of of um, what makes you tick. What are they? Where are they? And there and there may be something new that pops up and I'm like, okay, well, let me digest this new piece of information and how does that compute to a different layout for who you are? Mm. So he's probably frustrated. <laughs> no, but, but you know I what? have to, for me, if you want to be in a relationship with me, you have right. to understand that I'm going to need you to be, get down deep. You got to take I need that to know all of you. onion and you got to be able to unpeel it. Every layer. Yeah. I want to know who you are at your core. Now, Scott, when you hear this, because I feel like Holly and I could sit here and we could talk about this for the next 45 minutes. Mm. We so could. I'm sorry about all that. (laughs) But that's because we know each other. So you, as you know, you're new to us, Mm -hmm. to, you know, our flow of conversation. How does that strike you? Are you like, you two are fucking nuts? (laughs) Like, what the hell are you talking about? Just be together. 
have fun, enjoy life. Because You're thinking way too much about there it. Are, my ex-husband, for example, that's who he is. And right. people are like that. And that's okay. I just can't be close to someone, I mean, really, without getting down deep. No, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm, I don't think it's nuts at all. I really don't because I think very much similar thoughts, and especially within my own relationships and things that I've seen and I've, I guess I've experienced, and now that I'm starting to get older, I understand it more. But I, I'm somebody that I have my own little cloud in my head that if I don't understand something, and that's why a lot of the times I just observe in the beginning, that I will make up my own theory in my head. So, like, with my girlfriend now, and now we've been together for a little over two years, so we kind of understand, uh, like, a little past that first step. But if she, let's say if she was upset about something, or we're, like, seeming to get kind of in an argument, and we did a lot, like, in the beginning, I really didn't understand it. So I would always have to dive deep. Like, explain why you're upset. Please just let me know get into your world so I can understand. And now it's come to the point where I still have that theory in my head. It's like, if you're mad about something, it's something I did. Mm. I had to do something earlier. Tell me what it is. I want to fix it. I want to make sure I improve for next time. And now I'm really figuring out that half the time it's not me. It's other things going on in the life that I just didn't know. But I'm still at that point where if you're upset about something, and this goes, I guess, for anybody else, if I don't know, I'm always going to blame myself. Like, I'm always kind of figuring out, like, I feel like I'm a, a burden whether I'm with a new group of people or if I'm, like, meeting someone new and I'm not getting that automatic vibe from them immediately, I'll automatically put something in my head of, like, you're doing something wrong. What are you saying? What are you doing? Like, let's st- like take a step back because I know in the beginning I could be a lot and I could really come off as somebody that I guess people would think I'm, you know, whether douchey or something like that or just way too much in your face that I have to really just dial it back a notch and really observe the situation until the person finally explains it. Like, I've had plenty of friends tell me, like, what they thought of me in the very beginning and now what they think of me now. Because mm-hmm. once I know that they're a real friendship and I could go back and see, like, why didn't we click in the beginning? What do they think about me? That really has helped me further other relationships with friends in, like, the long run that I meet now. Because now I know how I come across to people in the beginning. And that's created a whole new thing in my own mind. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's a positive for you. Yeah. Because it has helped you be more self-aware. Yes. Mm-hmm. And self-awareness is huge when you're dealing with the public. Oh, my so, gosh. Ma- major. But also it sort of has done you a disservice because I feel like that's made it what what your friends may have told you or people may have told you uh-huh. has sort of now become your Achilles heel where you think that's what everyone automatically thinks. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. now you're overcorrecting for something that may not even need to be corrected. So it's it, it's a blessing and a curse, I feel like. And by the way, we, we think the same thing. Yes. Miguel and I always think that it's something. Miguel was on, can I talk about your pills? Yeah, yeah. Miguel was on diet pills for a good portion of the summer, spring? A spring. Spring. Mm-hmm. Was on diet pills for a good portion of the spring. These diet pills physically made him a little angry. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what happens sometimes. So mm-hmm. you get, and you were on testosterone. Yeah. And so you were a little bit short-fused. Yeah. You were a little angry. I was a little shut down. I was yeah. muted. Muted. Mm. It was not like you were your normal self. You just felt a little different. Yeah. And I'm telling you, probably three to four days of the week, I was like, I did something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Automatically I go. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. And, like, I fuck up during the show every day doing something. But then when I would fuck up during when he's on his pills, I would be like, God, he oh, is go. wondering why he's even with me on this radio journey. God. <laughs> well, then after I really, like, let it settle in my head, I was like, oh, he's on those pills. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not even about me at all. I don't know what that makes us. Slightly narcissistic? Um, I think just very sensitive feeling. 
Um, I, I'm sure there's a better word for it, but I feel like we just are able to catch the vibes of people. Yeah. And um, and I, I don't know. Maybe if you're a psychologist, you can message one of us and let us know what that what that and term is. And can I is. intern for you? <laughs> because if this doesn't work out, I'm gonna need to go do that. Seriously, where you just feel like you are always at fault. And then that's what I tell my boyfriend all the time is because he gets he has really bad anxiety and like he'll and I tell him. You can tell me about it. You can tell me about it. But then I find myself sometimes where if he's going real deep in it, then I'll get into it. And then by the time he's done unloading on me, then I'm in a bad mood. Yes. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just like. Because you pick up other people's emotions. You do. So I've had to sort of put safeguards in place where like one of the things that we do now, and it, it doesn't work all the time, as I always tell him, if you're in a bad mood and I haven't seen you all day, let me know before you walk in the house or let me know on the way because this has happened a couple of times where if you walk into the house and I'm on the couch and you walk past me and you go straight in the kitchen and you acknowledge me but you don't come over and you don't hug me or kiss me, I probably am just like waiting for you like a puppy dog at the door. Exactly. And when you give me that energy, I'm immediately going to shut down. And it's going to take me a good 30 minutes to warm back up to yes. let you know this is why I'm upset. Yeah. And so that's helped where he's like, I'm going to just let you know I'm in a bad mood. I'm it's gonna, not I'm, you. I'm trying to write. It's that, not yeah. you. I'm trying to write myself. And I'm like, that's fine. I know. You're like, no, I understand. I got it. So now I can be here and try to make you feel good. I would rather have more information than not, not enough. Yes, exactly. Every Overshare. Moment. Even if you think it's stupid, tell me. Right. Tell me. So this is interesting. So, Scott, this is why I find you so fascinating. Because, like you said, on the surface, Scott looks like a cute little frat boy. Yeah. And you're you're jovial. You smile a lot. But then when I talked to you that one time at that first event we had together, I was like, there is so much more here. And you can tell with some people where you're like, well, girl, <laughs> that first conversation, that's about all you got. Why don't we get some wine and sit down? Because <laughs> it's going to take a while to this, unpack this. Seriously, I it's so fascinating. So because I feel like you've had an emotional journey of self-discovery where you've realized that you have a reservoir of emotions that you didn't know like in high school did you know that you felt deeply no no I definitely did. I I was so stuck in I want to say the high school kind of mindset where it's school I played sports I had friends that was about it it's we, easy that wasn't it's those easy. Convers- nobody had those conversations where it's like What's really going on? As much as, like, I love my friends still from high school, like, and I have my buddies I'll still talk to, and now we've gotten to the point, I think, where it's, like, we started to discover that it's cool to talk about things that are truly gone in your mind, and people that are really going to like you are going to sit there and listen and then connect back with you for your deeper thoughts. And that's after my first year of college, and I met with, you know, a bunch of different people, and they all started to talk about those things. Then I really started to get into those thoughts. I was like, whoa, I have these two. I just never had those conversations with people. I never had to really dig that like deep down and discover these things about myself till now I'm in my senior year and kind of all, like if you don't get to that level with me, like if you're not on that level of let's talk about some real ish, like, then we're it's going to be tough for us to be friends because at this point there's only so much time in a day that if we can't get past the surface, like I'm going to put you at the end of the schedule and if I get there, great. Mm. If not, I'm sorry. That's just where it's come. That's what you learn in college. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you did what you were supposed to do. That's where that's a lot of part a lot of what comes through college is that self discovery. What's the biggest struggle you and your girlfriend have gone through so far? 
the biggest struggle. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend and I were very much... We have very much similarities, so we are both great with people. We're just different with how we're great with people. So she's very much more of one-on-one. We could have a great connection. I could talk, and I could do that. I'm, I have that as well, but I'm the one that when you go, like, if you put me on a stage, I'm going to entertain thousands of people. Like, that's just where I vibe and get my energy in front of that. And so we've had struggles where it's like we kind of get involved in different things because of that. So whether, you know... I go to a party with her, and I will work the room. And then she's going to be with her one friend, but she's somebody that's I'm starting to get to that level where if we're not real friends, like I'm not going to waste my time with you. Mm. And so I'm good at just putting on that face and really getting out there while like if she's watching me and she doesn't know anybody, she's going to get pissed off. Like, mm. okay, like, can we go? Is it time to go? Because like, she wants to be with you. She yeah. finds the comfort in you. Yeah. and so, so she may be a little bit more introverted, whereas you're more extroverted. Yeah. Which it can work as long as you know that and can make uh, allowances for the other person. Because you set, you literally just said, that's where you get your energy. Mm-hmm. That's where you vibe. Never lose that. Because you just said that's who you are. Yeah. I believe you. Well, if someone tries to be like, well, you know, don't do that as much or whatever. And it can seem like that's a good idea. You're like, I don't need to be an entertainer in front of all these people. That is that is extra. I am being extra. You're not. That's what feeds your tank. That's what feeds your soul. So you can have that. You can also have a relationship with a more introverted person, but that person has to understand that that's what makes you tick. Just like you have to understand with an introvert, that's not their vibe. And so it's it's harder because that's going to be a, a struggle that you do have time and time again with her. And it's like you make it work with with making compromises, but you don't even understand where the other person's coming from. Right. Because I like I'm such a like I am. I'll be like, if you put me on a stage and I'll, I'll come up with some shit, I'll say some <laughs> shit. You put me on a stage and give me a microphone. I'll make it happen. Yes. But I understand. I, I understand some people don't like that, but I can't really get in their mindset because right. I'm like, why wouldn't you want people looking at you? <laughs> Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to make all these people laugh? Like, hello, right, the right. world is your stage. You're on. I don't wrap my head around someone that's like, I can't. Mm. So you can be in a relationship. You just have to make exceptions for each other. Yeah, I mean, she's been absolutely, because she met me when I was at, like, I discovered that fully. And that's yeah. when like, I came into my summer. I did orientation. Like, that's just who I was. Like, if I saw your face, I'm going to go talk to you. We're going to have a great time. I'm going to give you a high five. And we're going to go on our way. She met me then. Yeah. Which was beautiful because I think if she met me before, saw me go there, and then like now, like, she gets to see all of it. She gets to see when I'm at my most extrovert, mm-hmm. and then I'm when I'm like, okay, I don't need anybody. I want to go sit in a room yeah. alone and just think. So she now understands, like, all of that. And so when I have my opportunities to go work a room, it's like she just sits back, watches, gets entertainment from it, and then, yeah. okay, let's go. Yeah. Like, all right. It's like, like letting yeah, your puppy it's, run. It's my time now. My time to be quiet. When do we get to meet her? Yeah. Well, right now she's recovering from her ACL surgery, so eventually she's still at her parents' home recovering, still getting help around and that's a long. It takes a long time to get through. It's a. I feel so bad. It's a. Have you been a helpful boyfriend? I've done as much as I can. Yeah, I mean, wait, what is that? Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) I've done as much as I can, but that bitch is on her own. Oh my god. Well, she lives. Okay, so her parents live about you know thirty minutes away, about twenty five over in Landa Lake. So I'm over at. USF, and so I work, and she got the surgery, like, last week. So that was a week where I was working literally every day, all day. So I'd get up at, like, 5 and work till like, 10 p.m. And I was like, okay, 
there's only so many days I could see you. So every now and then if I got off, you know, around five, I would drive over there, spend a couple hours where we watch the office a lot. And I think in those moments, like I was like, you know, I was more of a helper that I could be because it's like a load off of her parents. It's like, okay, Scott's here. Go get me the ice. Go. You can like, you can tend like to that. stuff. Yeah, and I, I don't mind it at all. I love. I just feel bad because it was a time where it's like I couldn't be there all the time as mm. much as I wanted, and it's just far enough as a drive where it's like, okay, that's a little bit of a commitment. I got to plan around this. Mm-hmm. What could I fit in this time slot? Yeah, and then don't get too tired before you have to drive back and get the next day started. So when was the last time Miguel <laughs> Did you just see his face? Holly Did you I, see the face change? Gosh, uh, damn it. Uh, Listen, we can Miguel's can't. face went from concerned mama O oh. to Jerry Springer. Listen, this is why our show is successful. I can get down deep and we can talk about soulful things and then sometimes I want to know about the sex. Mm. That's so right. Scott, uh, with her being in this predicament, predicament, how are y'all managing your uh, alone time together? Oh man, it's, it's, there's no alone time no, right no, now. There no, is no. She's at she's at her parents' house. She's still like her legs up in like a splint kind of oh, deal. Oh wow! Well, hey. yeah, <laughs> no, no. Make it easy, girl. <laughs> Take a little uh, acrobatics. <laughs> oh, so none of that. None no. of that. Oh, yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah, that's is, unfortunate. But, I'm understanding. Wait, when was the last time that you all did do it before her surgery? Uh, let's <laughs> probably like the day before. Yes! Yes! I mean, you got to because you, you to. know that you're about to be laid up. <laughs> Were you oh, like, man. last chance sex, girl? Let's yeah. get it in. Hop on it. Oh, we, we have the understanding. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were like, okay, it's going to be a while. Yep. So. No. Yeah. Holly, what's the longest you and your boyfriend, Justin, have gone without? Um, gone without. Mm-hmm. Probably like four days. <laughs> oh my God. I know. That's a lot. That's a, lot. Four. Oh, that's a ton. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, though. That's a lot. What? That's four days? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God! Holy crap! Y'all are doing it all the damn time! I know! Why do you think I'm so tired? How do you have time to eat or breathe? I don't! <laughs> listen, listen. We wow. typically take a break around that time of the month. So right. that's four days, right? Wow. Then we'll miss a day here and there. Wow. Uh, so, Scott, outside of this current you know, situation where she's laid up, uh, what was the longest time that you all went without? Oh, man. I mean, I, I you know, I'm 21 and spry and hey. energized. Red-blooded American, hell yeah! I think the, probably the most before that, probably a week long. Wow. Yeah. Vacations how happen. About, how about travel. you? Yikes. <laughs> well, <laughs> we just had this conversation. It's been... Well, in the gay world, it's a little different, though. Yeah, yeah. It's a little... Because sometimes it just ain't happening. Well, okay. Let's take that out of the equation. Yeah. So, I mean, just, just any sort physically of physically intimate where, you know, happens. Okay, got it. Well, that I would say, well, there was the month he was gone. Oh, that's true. There was a month. But outside of the month, he was, you know, two weeks in Buffalo, New York, two weeks overseas, um, probably two weeks. Mm, and okay. it, I, I didn't like it. Yeah. I didn't like it at all. How did, how did that come to an end, the two-week? Uh... Uh, well, we're in it right now. 
Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You, you all didn't eh, 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 before he went to Buffalo? Nope. Dang. Are you going to do it when you're in Buffalo? Uh, we're live. We're going to be in a crowded space. Oh, you know what they say about Buffalo. What? It goes down in Buffalo. <laughs> do they say that, Scott? <laughs> Is that is it that could what be a they thing say? Now. It could be a thing they say. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, you know what go down in Buffalo? Mm. They Buffalo. <laughs> Doesn't make any damn sense. No. <laughs> I was hoping something would come. I had nothing planned. Oh, it just didn't no. come to me. Um, why? Um, I think because he what I've learned is like with my job or my personality. I'm able to do a lot of things and I can compartmentalize stress. Yeah. Like when we're at work, if we're in a stressful situation at work, when I go home, I can put it in a box and I can put it the fuck away. And I'm like, I am unbothered by it. Whereas when he's stressed, it occupies every part of his being. Right. And so him and his business partner just bought a house. Mm -hmm. And so they've had, I mean, the buying, the closing process got delayed and all this other drama, the moving process. And so his entire being was occupied with that. Yeah. And then we went to Vegas this past weekend. And Y'all didn't do it in Vegas? Well, we thought we were going. He even, like, packed all the stuff to do it. But then as we were sitting at the airport, I was like, we're staying in a room with my mom and her friend Teresa. Oh, you all were in the same mm. room? We were in the same room. Yeah. Well, that's not happening. So nope. it didn't happen. No. And so then we got back here, and then he was, like, stressed out getting ready to go to uh, Buffalo for his friend's wedding. Yeah. So I said, when you get back, when because I get back on Sunday. He gets back on Monday. I said, it's going down. Mm-hmm. It's going down. But then we said. Be yelling timber. We got to wait a couple of days because we're eating buffalo food. And it's all greasy. Okay, Ooh. but you can still do other stuff. Oh, yeah, we can. Yeah, you're going to do it. We going to do some. some Wow, well, we have run the gamut today of everything. Wow, we really have. Well, thank you so much for listening. And uh, I guess it goes, because I think voting closes August 29th. Oh, the 29th. So it's coming up. For Best of the Bay Awards. What is it, Holly? Uh, Best of the Bay is something that uh, Creative Loafing puts on here and... We are nominated in several categories for the Best of the Bay in Tampa Bay, and we are lo- nominated for um, Best Local Morning Show, so please vote for us for that. We would love it. And there's a bunch of other stuff that um, not only the show is nominated for, but um, Miguel is nominated, producer Ryan is nominated, and myself. We have a lot of different spaces that we're in. You can find all of that at hot1015tampabay.com. Scott, what are you nominated for? I'm not nominated for anything, so... I mean, what are you bringing to the table, Scott? Jeez. I didn't even know this was a thing until this show, and now I'm all about like, it. Why but I'm are not you on here? It. Like, oh what are you God. doing? What are you bringing why to are help you here? us win? Like, awards. I mean, I'm all in it for the show to win, but I'm not in a category myself. Oh, except- God. Just stop for a second because Miguel just got a crazy look in his face. Oh. Scott, what's your schedule on Monday and Tuesday in the morning during the show? Ooh. Ew. Don't you actually have class on Tuesday? I have class on Monday, but I have that time a lot. Like, I have no class until 11. On Monday and Tuesday? I have no class Tuesday. I have class at 11 on Monday. Oh, God. Hmm. Here we go. I saw the look, y'all. You're coming in Monday and Tuesday, okay? I don't know what's going to happen, but it's about to be crazy. Oh, Lord. All right, Holly, yeah. what's all of your social media? Radio Holly on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. And you can find me on Facebook, Holly on Hot 101.5. Scott? 
At Scott Tavlin, T-A-V-L-I-N. That's Instagram, Twitter. That's everything. Yep, you do can you, find me. Do you there. add randoms on your Facebook? No, unless I see mutual friends that I understand why they're adding me. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have like started adding me like from the, from the show and stuff like that. I've been like, okay, I see somebody I else follows you. I'll go this. ahead and add you. But Has my mom added you yet? No, no. But after seeing all those like videos of Vegas, I would so add her. Uh... Did my boyfriend Abe add you on there? He did. He, he did. did. Oh. Yeah. Hey. So I feel like he likes me a little more now. Yeah. Unless he's just, you know, looking over. He's me. I was gonna say he's just keeping tabs. Okay, okay. Friends close, enemies, enemies closer. closer okay, that's fine. Facebook's good for that too. Yeah. My social media is Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R. That is on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. It's Facebook.com slash Radio Miguel. You can find Miguel and Holly uncensored at Hot1015TampaBay.com, on the Hot1015 app, on your smartphone. And if you have an iPhone, you can always go with the little podcast app. Type in Miguel and Holly Uncensored, and please make sure to rate and subscribe. Until next weekend, bye. Want more Miguel and Holly? Listen to past episodes of Miguel and Holly Uncensored at Hot1015TampaBay.com, the Hot1015 app, or on iTunes.